Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young in beautiful, sunny Florida. Joined with my good friends, not here, but on the screen and in heart, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, how are we? It was a hot one and sunny here in, in Cincy also. Okay, okay. I'll be, I'll be kind of down your way in a couple days. Come, come on down. Where, where are you going to be? I'll be in Hoover, Alabama. Ooh, Hoover, Alabama, the uh, the birthplace of Aaron. Can you tell me the show? No. Chad? Friday Night Lights is in Texas. Uh, yeah. It was on I MTV, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a blank on that one too. So Jock jams. Hop in the mentions here. Hoover, Alabama. It was a high school football thing. But anyway, Rock Chad? Jock. I mean, yep. I remember that I like the the Hoover, like there were they were like the the big shot for a little while in right. in the high school football world. I remember the show, and it was a high school football show. I just couldn't remember which one it was. Let's see here. So, Chad, is that uh, it's called Two a Days? There we go. But anyway, yeah, yeah, Chad, is that interesting to see that you are going to head down to Hoover? But it seems like the whole Peach Jam thing is kind of taking a whole. They're, different they're not level. allowing. They're not allowing media or fans. Yeah. <laughs> if, if a tree falls in the forest, no. I mean, I like if you're not allowing fans, how are you not allowing media? Right. What What are we doing? I, I like I, I can't go. So I got to figure out something to do this second week, next week, because I, I'm I'm saying. Adidas, I'm going to focus heavy on Adidas Thursday, Friday. Um, I didn't book, I, I booked my stay in Hoover through Saturday. So if I can catch something Saturday morning, I can. Uh, and then head to uh, Cartersville, Georgia to get a little Under Armour action. But then that third week, I'm going to be up in your neck of the woods. I'm going to be in Indy for, uh, for Under Armour finals. Okay. I was going to go to Nike the second week and they're not allowing media. They're not allowing fans, which I, I, I don't know. I, it, it seems like a bad way to, uh, to get kids exposure. Right. But right. I, I thought that was the point of the whole thing, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, Nike's going to do what Nike's going to do. They've got a, a PR firm that handles this stuff for them. Mm-hmm. And oh, Okay. Like that's what you guys feel is best. And the, the crazy thing is they're there for two weeks right. straight. They're playing basketball for two weeks straight at the beach jam. No, media. they're doing basically all three cycles of qualification for peach jam the first week and a half. And then that third week is going to be quote unquote peach jam, which is going to be really interesting because it's running at the same time as NBA players camp in Orlando so hypothetically, the best players will be leaving the Peach Jam to go to NBA Players Camp the last week. Like I, I don't know. I mean, I I get it. The spring was all screwed up. None of these two uh, circuits uh, were were active this spring, so they're trying to squeeze everything into three weekends of July. I I just have no clue what Nike's what Nike's doing, but more power to them. Yeah, it. it- yeah, but I'll be said, Adidas. I'll be Adidas to start this uh, this this week out Thursday and Friday. 
We'll see if I need to be there for Saturday because I think that's, I mean, it's the last time I'm going to get to see Adidas. Uh, and then I'll run up and check out Under Armour Saturday, late morning, early afternoon through Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm just concerned how you're not going to be able to get the world famous peaches that you take home to make the peach cobbler that you make year in and year out. So it's kind of. No, there's um, there's a couple spots up coming up 75 when you leave Cartersville. Cause I've had, I've, uh, I've done Under Armour as my last stop before. So I found a couple spots in Georgia. It's not the roadside stand that I prefer to hit up just outside of Augusta, Georgia. Right. That's uh, actually in South Carolina. Georgia? There's a roadside stand. There's a roadside stand with awesome fresh peaches that I that I normally hit up, but just gonna have to call an audible and, and get some peaches for peach cobbler. It's a, it's actually a peach and blueberry crumble. It's not oh. a it's not a peach cobbler. Oh. Mix some blueberries in there. You get some brown sugar and some uh, crumbs on the top of it, and mm. uh, it's it's some ice cream. It's it's really really good. When you can't pick just one. Throw both in, you know. Why not? Yeah. Big, I, I, big. I like. I, I spent three hours talking food on the radio today, so I'm in food <laughs> mood today. <laughs> I had a loco moco for the first time. Heard about Holy that? Rap. We're gonna touch Holy on that. Crap. We're gonna touch on that later. So, so hold those those beautiful thoughts in for now, because obviously okay. there's there's quite a lot of legs to that one. But you're making me hungry. But the main thing I'm hungry <laughs> for is updates on what. The BCJ family was able to attend, minus myself and, and, and Brett and some others. But the BCJ family was there in full force for Squat Fest 2021. I'm going to take a step back. I want to hear all about it, guys, from, from the moment you got there to the moment you left to, to where you went for, for food afterwards. I, it seemed like another raging success for what's just been an awesome event that they hold every year. Well, it was my first time. There's no need for food afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> no, there wasn't at all. Okay. Um, it was it was my first time there at Squat Fest. Um, Brady hosted a hell of a party. Um, he's he's a maniac, like <laughs> an absolute maniac. It was really cool to see him in his element, though, um, and to see the kids responding to him and just the way that he controls the room, literally from the mic. Um, you know, they had the DJ set up in the corner, just bouncing tracks all day long. Um, so everything started, they, they brought the offense in and got them going, got them hyped. And then it was time to get the rope at which point it was just calling out some tug of war matchups that Brady really wanted to see okay. at which point, um, th those weren't fair matchups, right? Like none of those, no, they, some of them were setups. I mean, none of those matchups were. I, I don't even mean like one on one. It was never one on one. It was always like one on one with their homies around them, all pushing and pulling and doing whatever they could to try and help their guy win. So it was, it was, it was almost like just posse versus posse. It give was me, like give gang me one tubs. example. One example. Um, God, I can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, from the offense. In particular, do you okay. remember any Chad? Not, I mean, it happens so fast that it's it was rapid like fire. Rapid fire. Literally. Um, I mean, I remember a, a bunch of the guys that got called up, but I don't remember yeah. like the specific matchups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he didn't I like was too call busy out, looking at. 
he didn't ever call out winners either. Like it was just like, yeah, next <laughs> up, this guy, this guy. <laughs> I was too busy looking at the freshmen. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get holy to them. crap. We're gonna get to them. Aaron, Aaron, holy finish, crap. Finish so, up. So after after tug of war, they went to um, where they all broke out into their uh, groups and did um, just alternating different things like the um, people on the machine. Well, they all did the squats first. There was the squats first. Yes. Um, as it is squat fest. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, they it, all did the squats first and then they break out into uh, to different parts of the weight room to do different, you know, lifting and mm -hmm. uh, other assorted uh, activities. activities. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite by far though, was the, the body bags and uh like just the the punching bags and just boxing in general um but and then then after uh that got done they kind of wrapped up kind of just got everybody hyped again and uh then it was defense's turn to do it all over again and brady must rehearse his uh his hype speeches because they're <laughs> They're almost identical, but it was, I mean, you can still tell that they're sincere and heartfelt. Like he does adapt, but it's, uh, he was, he was ready for him, man. I think it was Dave that said he's like a, a comedian that does like a, a seven o'clock show and then a nine thirty show. <laughs> like they're, they're almost the same show, but like there's some, some variation. There's a little bit of difference in, uh, in how he adapts here and there. But I thought that was very like, very he nailed it and and brady is very much like a stand-up comedian that has like multiple shows um i would guess the offense going first means the offense won the game of uh baseball <laughs> that they played earlier last week at nippert stadium right um the winner got to pick and, and you want to go first because as soon as you walk out of there you're on break for a week or four or five days, whatever it is that they're giving them for break. So the offense goes in at seven, they're done by eight 30. They're on break at eight 30 <laughs> where the defense comes in at nine. They're not done until 10 30 or so. So their break happens two hours later than the offense. So the I'm guessing offense won the baseball game. I think the defense had a little bit more fun though. I mean, sauce had the microphone for, I feel like 15 minutes. Yeah, just running around during during the squats, hyping everybody up, and just pretty much doing what Brady had been doing with the offense, um, just just hyping everybody up. So it overall <laughs> a raging success. It's it's it seems yeah. Like I mean, here's the thing. Go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say it seems like these are a situation where you have a program that is heading in the right direction, a program that has just extreme confidence, extreme, you know, brotherhood and connectivity where they get up and they get this excited for something like a squat fest at 7 a.m. You know, you do see it around the country at other places, but it, it does seem like this one is a little bit different. Well, they do a great job creating a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not fun and games going through June, right. but they know when you get to the end, you get squat fest. You, they, they do something to make it fun. It's like uh, two summers ago, um, they took them into, it was when the bubble was up full time because they were still, you know, finishing off the renovations and doing everything for Fifth Third Arena. 
they take them inside the bubble and there's bounce houses, but not just any bounce houses. They're like obstacle courses. Okay. So then they got to, you know, then they got to compete against each other in these bounce house obstacle courses. Mm-hmm. So they do a great job in just making sure guys understand we're going to ask you to bust your ass. We're right. going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone and really, really work. But if you do it, by the time you get to the end, we're going to let you have some fun. We're going to let you unwind. We're going to let you get a little crazy. We're going to have a DJ. There's going to be a fog machine. We're going to have the lights blinking and going crazy. Like you're, there's a reward for staying on track. The reward is, you know, squat fast. <laughs> the reward is lifting weights, but still. Put all the opponents on the, uh, on the punching bags. They loved that. <laughs> yeah. They had literally yeah. every opponent for this next season on the punching bags and they just, I don't know that there were any opponents left on the punching bags when all was said and done. Yeah, I don't want to ask, but did did they tend to go for one or two opponents over more over oh, the no. other ones? Or? They, no, they just they, they were whipping everybody's ass. Okay. Ape shit. Just ape shit. <laughs> good. good, good. So you know, there's obviously. a couple dudes that can fight, boy. Yeah, I want no part of Wotley's punches. Wotley ever, yeah. ever, 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 ever. Really, Wotley was throwing a right cross that. <laughs> Don't ever be on the wrong side of Justin Watley's right cross. Or well, Briggs. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine he's, fighting He's got Briggs? quick like, hands, though. Like, just. Yeah. Like, you would hit him, and he would be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, that was cute. That was eats, cute. He eats your punch. Right. Literally. Then, he just, he like, he opens his mouth and eats your punch. <laughs> He'll. And then he'll finish up the fight and say, now go join, join go puff and then move on. But, <laughs> but anyway, and luckily Watley is a big, big fan of the BCJ, big fan of, uh, of all of us here. So, so we are cool. Absolutely. Justin's sure. a great kid. Really, he really, he really good kid. He really is. So obviously let's move on a little bit to more personal freshmen. I just the pictures that you guys posted. I mean, Rob Jackson, we we've heard about that big man, but I mean, when, when you look down and you see Dante Corleone putting up four fifty five five times, I I mean, that's just, that's just a a boulder that you throw in the middle of the line and just say, he is a tank. He carries carries it well. Yeah. Yeah. But he is a, from what we heard, he's, he's, he's 340 pounds right now. Hey, There's something I want to get to before the freshman. Okay. Something okay. I want to get to before the freshman. I'm here. They 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 gave Eric Phillips tapeworm. Dude, what is yeah? What is that? I. He was 325, 330 pounds at the end of spring practice. <laughs> he looks like B right right now. He was <laughs> he was like 275. He looks like B right. When I saw that picture, I was like, "Oh, B right came back for squat fest. Isn't that cool?" I was like, wait a minute. No. Well, he he walked past me and I legit and Eric is somebody I've known since his days of Colerain. He's he's one of my favorite guys. I love talking to him. I yeah. didn't recognize. <laughs> and then I saw the 97 on his shorts and I looked back at his face. Went, holy shit. What what happened to Eric Phillips? He's he's all gone. <laughs> he's all gone. It was wild. It, I, 
I don't know that I've ever seen anything that drastic. And I mean, spring football ended two and a half months ago, right? May, June into yeah. Yeah. About in the, the middle of May. Mm-hmm. It's about two and a half, almost three months ago, but he lost a human. Right? <laughs> well, and the, the way they talk about Briggs putting on weight and losing weight was pretty wild too. He's down to what they say, 290 or so, 295 now. But but two weeks ago, he was at 315. Just no big deal. Yeah. Just shed 25 pounds. That's awesome. I So so tell me. Eric Phillips more... says he wants to play defensive end. Yeah, I was going to say. is, yep. is Was that a an Eric Phillips thing? Or was that a we got got him in a room and we decided, hey, if you can shed the well, weight, let's, let's focus on that. I think a lot of it was like they didn't want him up in that you know, mid three hundreds range anyway. Um, but it, uh, last year was a product of, they didn't get a full summer mm-hmm. and the summer that they got was disjointed and discombobulated and, um, didn't really allow for, you know, the type of body transformations that you see from freshmen when they first get here, you know, through, uh, the start to the middle of camp. So I, I don't think he ever really got the opportunity to like just get in the weight room and focus on doing that. Um, two, from just talking to, to some people that were there, like he, he got serious. He decided like, look, playing on this defensive line is going to be a bitch. <laughs> we, I got to find a way to, to be Come versatile, to, to play three tech, to play five tech. Like, I got to find a way to get myself on the field and, and allow myself as many opportunities as possible. Look, that's a kid that at 290 played linebacker at Colerain. Mm-hmm. Like athleticism is not his problem. Right. So dropping him down into that 280, two, you know, maybe even like depending on how low he goes, like you can play him inside. I'm sure you can still play him. Like he's got the technique to play inside if, if you need him to. And you can, you've got that guy that, you know, has got a little experience that now you can start to move outside and, and, you know, maybe that allows you to move Watley over into that pass rushing spot. Like it gives you some options on what you can do uh, in the middle of that, that defensive line rotation. Once you start getting, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're pretty confident that Brooks Brown, Taylor, Van, Majay, Briggs, Watley, are going to be, you know, one through seven in some order in that rotation. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, crazy. they played they played nine last year yeah, pretty consistently. Right. Phillips is looking to, to find his way into that. And I mean, Chad, power to it. Chad, you think about it. When all the practice reports were coming out, when, you know, talks about, you know, practices leading up to bowl games in the past, his name was always brought up. It was yeah, always I've, I've, he's, he's I've liked what up. I've seen from Eric Phillips for a while. Like right. again, he was a big dude that could move. Right. Right. Now he's a medium dude that could move. He was he was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah much. exactly. And and who now seems extremely fully invested to to figure out a way to to break through and, and join that that mix. So I you know, all hats off to him and the fact that he's actually out there. And trimming the weight because he wants to, not because some, you know, tapeworm and, or whatnot. But I still think they gave him tape. <laughs> oh, something like that. It just doesn't make sense. But it's it's spaghetti, Eric. We promise. <laughs> <It is. laughs> just just make sure you eat the whole thing. 
Yeah, Eat two weeks thing. later. Two weeks later, here, take this pill. You'll be fine. <laughs> you're good. You're good, man. Yikes. But, but let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about. I, I mean, you look at Jabari. It was the game. second most surprising thing that I saw at squad this. Oh gosh, I, well, I need to hear the first then. Rob Jackson. Rob Jackson. <sighs> Tell me more. He's an intimidating man. I, how is he here? Because <laughs> because he was I, playing I, basketball. How is he not at Clemson or Ohio State or right? Alabama or like? That's the biggest oh freshman God. I've. Well, first off, you have to go by sequentially. We saw Shaman Mateer first, and we're like marveled by his size, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Wow, he's a freshman! Holy crap!" And we're you Z- know Zaquie Lawton, yeah, great it, looking dude. Maybe maybe the second best looking freshman, but Jack in, be- Dingle. in between sets, we're talking with Brady, and he's like. Oh, you're impressed with Shaman? Just wait. Just wait. Wait until you see my freak of nature. Rob Jackson, Brent. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Dave Sweet. I did. I Rob did. Jackson is six foot five, mm-hmm. 285 pounds with an Solid. 83 inch wingspan. It's a basketball Solid. player. It's unbelievable. That has just now just morphed into a beast on the outside. I've never seen a basketball player look like that either. Like his no. shoulders, his <laughs> upper body. I, Dwight Howard. <laughs> may, Hicks, that Eric might be Hicks an absolute comparison. <laughs> I mean, Hicks didn't have Hicks didn't have an upper body like that. Right. Not, not when he got here. Right. <laughs> so Hicks, is, Hicks senior year. Wow. Okay. That's all you got to say. <laughs> so he's not as cut yet. Right. But, but, but the frame physically like we were all just looking at each other like are you kidding me that kid i i called somebody that sits in a pretty big office on the seventh floor of the linder center afterwards and i said how did that happen (laughs) and he he said i i honestly i've been asking myself that for six months like how is nobody else seeing what we're seeing in this kid and making him an absolute priority if as if he can play anything like he looks and they've raved about his work ethic and, and ability to, to grasp things and learn, he was working with a big boy group. Like he, he did not try to hide in a group with underclassmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was working with Jabari and, uh, you know, my and a lot of those dudes at the top of the roster. Um, man, my goodness. I- he was a late addition, right? Him and him and Z came in a little. He was bit. at the end, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was so a I, target forever. Right, right. Um, but they didn't get a, a commitment from him until the end. God. So that was my next question. They they did mix the freshmen with you know the rest of the play. How was it separated? Was it position groups or was it kind of no? Just your it was a mix. Group? Yeah, it was. It was your workout group. Okay. There was a lot. I mean, there was a lot of guys that had similar positions in the groups, but yeah, it was. So there's a little bit of a mix. I mean, you had like you know, a couple sure. couple linemen, a linebacker, a couple DBs. Like each group had a yeah, like had a pretty good teams mix. wasn't wasn't all special teams or anything like that. Right. There was yeah. definitely like an alpha group in each bunch. Right. Right. Um, you know, the the alpha group for, for defense was Sauce and Majay and. Malik and then Rob Jackson and Z were in there. Brian Cook was in there. Uh, Isaiah Cox, beast. another one. Mm-hmm. Another not one. a beast, but you just you can like that's a dude. Like yeah. you, 
he's he's long, rangy. Like you can already tell, he has all the qualities that you're looking for. Um, so I was, uh, uh, Morion Smith caught my eye again, right. you know, cause you, we were used to, you know, you see him in, in pads, you don't really get a good feel for how he looks, uh, physically at, outside of pads. We saw him walking around. He looked really good. I'm looking Jack forward. Dingle. I'm, Jack Dingle. <laughs> Jack I'm looking Dingle. forward to having Brady back on next week already, just so he can tell us how many personal bests there were. Cause oh, people yeah. were, people were freaking out. Was that the Blanco? I think that was just totally losing his shit like yeah, put van it on Fossen. the wall put it on the wall right now yeah. <laughs> van fossen was was cranked up there for a bit i mean nobody's gonna i don't know that they'll even let anybody come close to wig because i just yeah. don't think they want people putting that much weight on their shoulders do you remember what wig was 725 <laughs> we saw it on the wall what 725 pounds that's more than the offensive lineman and defensive lineman record right. by a pretty substantial amount, by like 60, 70 pounds. It's a lot of 45s on both sides. I think, uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals are very happy about that. But so let's talk a little bit about the rest of the team. Because, you know, some, some numbers that really just popped out to me was, you know, Jabari Taylor putting up the single highest rep from what I was able to see. He's and a tank. I, I feel like he kind of gets a, a little lost in the mix of all the defensive linemen. And, you know, if he's, if he's putting that up, putting in the work to get there, everything along those lines, it's just phenomenal. Vinny McConnell again, just seems like he is continuing to develop. Like then he looks totals. great. Good. Then he looks awesome. Good. Like thinking about Vinny, like a year and a half ago when he was kind of quasi in the mix for one of those tackle spots. Mm -hmm. um, the year that Hudson was, was sitting out. You know, it just was a little, 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 little you saw it in the Sensei Curtis videos, a little right. doughy, a little soft. Yep. Vinny, Vinny has matured and you can tell like he's taking this shit serious. He looked, uh, Vinny, Vinny looked really, really good. Um, it was cool Beavers. Beavers is a beast. Yeah. 585 just crushed it like it was nothing. He was in that alpha group too, I think. Yeah, he was for yeah. defense. He was in the alpha group. I, guys, I have to ask though. Trey Tucker and then Jerome Ford. I mean, they were kind of down the line. I didn't see their reps. I didn't get to see it either. Um, I mean, nine reps of 525 for Jerome yeah. Ford. Yeah. I mean, Jerome Ford, if you see his legs, like he is, a, he is a monster. Yeah. I, it, it had to be a situation where they're like, good job. Good job. Wait, he's still going. He's still going. <laughs> All right, rack it, rack it. Because I mean, I, nine reps of five twenty-five. I mean, I luckily someone on the board was was able to to do the quick math of that. And what it came out to, if he was doing a one rep of it, it says four Ford six seventy-three. Sounds about right. I wouldn't put that past Jerome Ford at all. I mean, <laughs> not even a little bit. Like, nope. I, I don't think he'd have that. And, and that's the thing. Like, they really don't want weight, like, that's going to put Out your back control. at risk. Right. It's, right. Yeah, like, they, they don't want you to put that much up on your shoulders. Well, I mean, we saw the bars. The bars are bent. Like, the bars right. are, are literally curved. Like, <laughs> they're they're just from how much weight is on both sides. Like, it's outrageous. I've never seen that much weight on bars to where they're 
they're curved like that, not on like a strongest man competition. Aaron, tell uh, tell Brent when you want to you want to find out how much weight matters to these guys. We're we're walking out. We hop on the elevator. Late late arrival on the elevator before we start going up. <laughs> My Jay. He hops okay. on with us. There we go. He hops on with us, and and I don't. Remember, I think it was me. Somebody's like, "What'd you? What'd you max?" He's like, "Man, I, I don't. I don't care. Like, it, I'm not in there to like to measure the weight. I'm. I'm just here to eat. Like, I'm just here to eat quarterbacks <laughs> and Chick Fil A. And Chick Fil A. That was the other thing. We didn't. That's why we didn't go out to eat, Brent. They had Smoothie King. Sure did. And they had Chick Fil A. Breakfast, breakfast biscuits one of the more underrated fast food breakfasts out there agreed i've never like I, that's the first one i've ever had yeah same like I, I went i went honey mustard yeah it was really like it's in road it, it's it's in the rotation now i didn't know there it. were condiments <laughs> well there was a giant collection of sauces saw, on the right I, hand side listen we went at different times in all fairness you went in the second session i went in the first session because I was hungry right away. <laughs> but well, I had I had McDonald's breakfast on the I way didn't. in. I didn't because I thought we were going to lunch at like eleven thirty or twelve. I was happy to be there on time. <laughs> Aaron it. was still Aaron was still at his house when I was pulling up to campus. <laughs> That's not true. I was in my car when you called me. Okay. I was in my car. He was in his car he at was his leaving house. my house. He was he <laughs> at was, his house. He was currently putting one foot into the car type. Well, you know, he pulled the the typical. What are you doing? Uh, I'm getting on the expressway. Because the expressway is <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> I live downtown, man. <laughs> getting on the expressway. I had, a, I had a friend that used to do that. We were in retail back in my my early twenties. He would be like he would be late, and the boss would the manager would call him and be like, "Where are you at?" City? <laughs> no, Radio Shack. Oh. I, the I guy did the guy did leave and work for circuit city later and later in life but she would call him and be like where are you at he'd be like i'm on my way and get on the highway be, he'd be in bed in his pajamas like just woke up yep yep so I mean, I, aaron's old i'm getting on the expressway i'm like all right yeah sure uh-huh yeah i'll be honest <laughs> I made it on time. when my friends say he didn't when my friends do a uh, you know a, a seven thirty tea time and they give me that that call at six forty five, hey, where you at? I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm definitely still in bed. Hey Brent, uh, it was cool <laughs> to see. Uh, it, it was cool to see James Smith there, and like <laughs> hyping up the rake. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy was Jimmy was there, hanging out for most of it. For for the uh, the offense, yeah. Yeah. Or Does, he I'm got sorry, there at the end. Of the, he got there defense. at the end of the offense and was there through the defense. Does he yeah. does he live in Cincinnati still? Is that what it is? Do you know? know? I don't know, is, but su- subtle flex rocking the uh, the Titans hat. The Titans gear. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, because was, I know the the NFL's off through July. I believe he, so. he was wearing UC gear, but just right. just the Titans hat. Subtle, very subtle. Just enough to let him know. Mm-hmm. You you saw that people were a little little nervous. He might have to give up his number to Julio Jones once Julio came to town, but luckily. Julio picked a different number, so he's all good. He is all good. But anyway, I, I was actually going to ask about that 455 four times, but then you put EZ next to it. Was that a little influence from MyJ in the elevator 
after after he told you, oh, I could have. No, he just more. did it easy. Like it, it right. looked like he didn't eat. Like it was like there was eight pounds on the bar. Some guys were there. In all fairness, some guys were there to work their ass off. Right, right. Mind Jay was not that guy. <laughs> Jawan Briggs was not that guy. Which, but there's no question about either of those. Like, right? They they are strong men. Yeah, we we know they are strong men. I mean, Sauce was not that guy. He grabbed the mic and he was trying to be MC for as long as he could. I could imagine that's by design. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some guys at this stage in the process that that you don't have to to, to go pedal to the metal in June, because right. you know Lenny they're going to really be ready in in August. What? Right. Lenny was really hype. Yeah, like, Lenny's I, got a lot to prove though. I well, I didn't know that he was that much of a vocal leader of the offense. Yeah. Like he was very, very much a vocal leader. Vinny is, uh, uh, Lenny is one of those guys that everybody loves. Lenny well, and I Josh mean, have really come into like a leader, a big time leadership role with this, with this group. It just, when, that, that stood out to me. It, it impressed me that he was that much of a vocal leader. Well, well, Chad, when Lenny was able to get the uh, media opportunity after I forget which game it was, the, uh, the media crowd went a little wild. So I think he is uh, very we love Lenny. loved in the door. <laughs> There's no doubt. So I didn't have to ask. I, I didn't see Ritter mentioned anywhere. Was he? He, he was there. Right, right. But I, I think just... he, he put he worked with the first group. He put up good numbers. Right. Um, I know he just recently set a PR on the uh, vert. I think he said he got up to like 38.5 or 39 in the vert um, this week. So, uh, you know, Dez is, Dez is doing his thing. He was also working on that lower back strength. He was. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm serious. Like, okay. okay. He, he, he was certainly working on the lower back strength. Listening to Palmer on that one. Huh? Like, well, so- every, everybody else is doing squats and he's working on his core and lower back. And he eventually got to the squats. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but. He was he was mostly with the first group. Like he was he was right there with them for most everything. I I just think it's so cool how you know Brady's mentioned it a lot when you know the quarterback does have the eyes of the team, and when Des puts up, I you know throughout the past years he's been he's put up phenomenal numbers, and when he's working as hard as he does in the first group, it just it is, speaks levels to the team as a whole. It sets but, a tone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so overall. Wrap it up, and we'll we'll move on to the next topic. Was it everything you thought it would be, and more, Aaron and, and Chad? How does this measure up with the past ones that you've been to? I've not been to a past one, but what I can say yeah, is, yeah. I did talk to Brady afterwards, and I'm like, "Why don't you do these lights all the time? It can't be like crazy expensive." And instead of like buying the or uh, instead of renting all the like the the like wall lights that are just up in the air not not like the crazy crazy lights mm-hmm. but like at least the wall lights he's like you're bringing up a really good point i we maybe should like 200 200 200 200 200 that yeah that's not a that's not a terrible idea to be able to like turn the lights off and kind of create that same atmosphere you turn on the music and even if you don't have a dj that day like just kind of doing I, i'm like trying to understand like why you're not doing this all the time <laughs> Well, I mean, because obviously they, they get a little bit more hyped up for it. Sure. So. But, I mean, I think you could still create that same type of atmosphere on a regular basis. Right. And uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I planted something. I have no idea. But what? I had fun. Chad, you've seen NFL players in the past. 
you've seen, you know, leaders and, and legends in Bearcats football. How, how, how did this team look just on squat fest compared to what you've huge. seen in the past? Yeah. Huge. Just a completely different level of size than, than I ever recall top to bottom. And that's the returning guys. That's the size of the kids coming in. I, they just, they, they haven't landed in the past kids that look like Rob Jackson, right? Kids that look like, uh, Jack Dingle. Yeah. Jack Dingle is an Adonis, right? That kid is, that kid is going to have a really good time in college. Is, is, is he six, four? Maybe six, like he's big. Yeah. Maybe six, five. Like he's big. And I picked and up what you're putting down with the going to have a good time in college as well. So. He's going to have a good time in college. <laughs> he's him and Drew Donnelly are really going to enjoy college. That's, <laughs> Fair enough. that's, Fair that's enough. my prediction there. Um, but just an overall size and strength from, from top to bottom, because usually it is like it's reserved for the NFL guys, the seniors, right. the guys that are, you know, that have been here for four or five years and their bodies have had time to develop. And, you know, you're looking at somebody at the end of their career, not at the beginning, what they've done recruiting, man, it's a different beast. Like Jaheim Thomas is a red shirt freshman. David Jones looked awesome. Red shirt freshman. Like you're looking at a bunch of these dudes and thinking, future of this program like you look at my and sauce and des and the, the veterans like you but you know what they're here for you see the next wave and the way those dudes look physically you feel real good about the long-term health of what luke fickle's building i mean and that's that's again you know we've talked about it in the spring like it, that overall is the main takeaway from this offseason is is just you're no longer talking about elite size, elite athleticism at the top of the roster. Mm-hmm. You're talking about it top to bottom. It's a, um, it's a reload, not a rebuild. Yeah, because the, the, there are – now it's going to take some time for, for those pieces to gain the level of experience that – I mean, shit, Kobe was you know, playing special teams, a ton of special teams as a freshman – and has started since he's a sophomore. This is his fourth year as a starter. Right. Like, you look at those type of guys, that's what you expect at the top of the roster. But it has gotten a lot more serious than just the guys at the top. The guys in the middle, the guys even towards the bottom. Like, there's just a whole different brand of dude. You're going to put these freshmen on the field when we get to camp, (laughs) and they're all going to be scout team for the most part. Yep which is insanity. Better look than the way other that, teams will probably give them throughout the year. Well, but this is like, here's the thing. When you talk about, we don't want to be a top 10 team. We want to be a top 10 program. Yeah. This is what top 10 programs look like mm-hmm. because you get there and you look at the guy that's a year away, two years away. And you go, my God, that guy's, that guy looks awesome. And good he can't get moving, on the field. Good luck moving Corleone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corleone looks like, I think Justin Williams said this, and now Corleone looks like a cartoon character. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) He he doesn't look real. Like, he looks like computer generated. (laughs) Because he's not very tall. 
He's a nope. massive human. Yep. And he and he carries it pretty well. Like his haircut doesn't hurt his cartoonish image. He <laughs> looks like he looks like like when you brand Dante Corleone, you could just brand him as a cartoon. Like right? just animate him and put it on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Huge hands, Mike, huge melon, just just a big, big dude. If Mike Galati's listening at 513 shirts. <laughs> just get a cartoon character of Dante Corleone and put it on a T-shirt. But he's got to be the in Godfather, like a, a pinstripe suit, right? Oh yeah, the God. I mean, you got it's the Godfather for sure. Yeah, be, oh, it's it, that phenomenal idea, and I and hopefully you guys are listening. Would love to see that down the road. But it, no, it just sounds like you know the trip to Columbus a couple years ago. Sure, that was. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm sure that kind of really opened the eyes of of what kind of the next step and and really getting there and in, in order to do what you want to do but it seems like the baseline is is there and it seems like right now 2021 is obviously going to be extremely special but that 2022 year will be when you really see what the groundwork ha- is and what it really will be from the years to come but it, it does sound like a situation where the head man has built this and it's time to see I'm sure he wants to see what it looks like as well as time moves on. And it, I'll tell you what, it's it's a cause for celebration. And July celebration. July fourth was yesterday, but man, this was this is this is something to celebrate about. I'm I'm extremely did I, excited. Did I mention Rob Jackson's huge? No. <laughs> no, I I think you skipped over that. I think you talked I, about how Jack Dingle is huge and and Lawton's huge and. You know, all, all the other ones are huge. Yeah, Corleone's huge. I, you know, Cox is huge. I, but I think you did skip over Rob Jackson, though. Okay, Rob Jackson's a, a big MF. Man Mountain. Okay, it's a big MF. Okay. <laughs> mental note. Mental note. Well, speaking about big guys, I, on the other side, basketball. The the updates from the Monster Factory have slowly started to matriculate out, and it seems as if, yet again, Mike Reifeld is back doing what he does. I, you know, you're seeing 10 pounds of muscle here, 20 pounds of muscle there. I, is this the, the peak, the highest that you've seen both the strength and conditioning on the football team and on the basketball team ever since you've been covering Cincinnati athletics, Chad, is, is this the highest mix that you've seen on both sides? I mean, probably. Yeah. I, it, it just, you're getting, you know, when it, when Brady first got here, Brady was really young. Right. Mike was really starting to like find himself and come into his own at that point. But those teams weren't like overly physically like imposing, you know, with Kyle, Gary, Jake, they were long, they were athletic, but they weren't like bullies. Like, you know, some of the teams we've seen in the past, Uh, I don't know that you're going to get that. Like, you know, Abdul Adel, they're doing a great job with him, but he's a pretty thin guy, right, Aaron? From what your birdies have told you. <laughs> what I hear. He's a pretty thin guy. Koval's a pretty tweet, tweet. thin guy. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know that they're going to be like, uh, you know, Hicks and Max Steele or any, you know, look like Curtis Bostick or anything of that nature. Right. Um. But I mean, it's Mike, man. He, he's gonna he, he, like AJ McGinnis looks like a different human. Mm-hmm. Um, the way so that they cut. got him trimmed down, <laughs> he's yeah. so cut. He's what? Super cut. Yeah, he's. Well, well, I mean, you see the highlight video of him 
before he came to campus. I think and during practice, he just looks for a reason to take his shirt off. I see. If I look like that, I'd look for a reason same. to take my shirt off. If you go back to to a Brent Bearcat bounce from a couple years, a couple months ago, pardon me, before he got to campus, you watch that highlight video of him. He does not look cut in that video. No, he's a little doughy. He's a little yeah. doughy when he got here. I maybe only more. made it through half of that. They're so long. <laughs> yeah, I know they are. But <laughs> it's it's interesting to see what can change in such a short amount of time. I mean, yes, most basketball players are already in good shape because they get so much conditioning. But it does seem like Rayfelt just takes it to that next level and really just refines the things that need worked on. I mean, Mason Madsen looks like he's sculpted as well. You know, Jarrett Hensley adding 10 pounds, 10 good pounds in, in one month. Hensley looks great. Right. It, it just seems as if this is, it's never been this peak level of performance strength and conditioning wise since I, that I can remember. I mean, Ray Felt's always been awesome, but I just don't think that Brady Collins has really been anything that we have seen as far as it comes from the football side of things. So I don't know. I just, just taking a look at the pictures and, and maybe social media, the rise has kind of changed that a bit, but just looking at pictures and looking at, accounts that that have come out of it it seems like this is the best it's really ever been i think you have two strength coaches that are starting to become very comfortable right and like who they are how they operate i don't know what happened there i just lost my voice a little bit (laughs) no i i think you're choking up a little bit yeah i i think you're about to cry you you are that excited about the strength and conditioning coaches you're you're tearing up that this is what happens when you do three hours radio and then you come to a podcast. Right. At some point in time, your voice is just like, all right, I'm out. Oh, um, back a little bit there. But you've got two guys that are that are experienced now, that are comfortable in, in their position. They have bosses that empower them yeah. to do what they know that they're good at. I think that's obviously uh, very important here in bo- on both fronts. And, you know, when you've got that trust to your head coach to go to go do what you do well, go do what mm-hmm. you do best. And, and you, you, you know, obviously Mike and Wes are kind of still developing that because they haven't known each other for entirely too long. But right. Wes isn't really a difficult guy to get to know. So I, I think that has happened fast. And, uh, yeah, things are uh, on the strength and conditioning front. Cincinnati. I, I will say this with a thousand percent confidence on that specific front. Cincinnati is in as high major a position as you'll find. Yeah. Cause they have two guys that are not good. Great. Right. At what they do. And it's such a critical part of success. So that you couldn't ask for better than, than having Brady Collins and Mike Rayfeld running your strength programs. Yeah. And, and, and I think it, it does go a lot to what you said about how it seems as if Luke Vickle and Wes Miller kind of also do the, here, here are the keys. You go handle this part with full, full faith in, in them knowing that they're going to do it instead of having to micromanage and things like that. And that's when you uh, sign of a very good program, but sign of having two great strength and conditioning coaches, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is a uh, very special thing that, that we love to really pump up here on the BBP and, and on BCJ as well. But it's, it's, it's clearly just such an important factor. But, guys, have the birdie said anything? What is the team do, basketball team doing right now? They, I saw they posted the 
Flex Friday winner on Thursday last week. Are they off now for a while or kind of how? how no, they got a short break. Go? They got a short break for the holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody kind of took a little reset. Uh, I think Wes went back to uh, to North Carolina to see his dad, see his family for a, a couple days, day or two. Um, I know Mike Saunders had a video at the Pacers training facility working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody got a couple days. Right now they are. So you get eight weeks in the summer. Um, June was basically for individual skill work. And then I think as they get into July, uh, that's a lot more teamwork, mm-hmm. uh, where they're, you know, they're all together. They're all at the same time. You still only get four hours a week, which generally they break up into like four, one hour sessions. Um, which right now is where you're, you know, you're getting a lot of implementing like what what the defensive philosophies are walking through some of the the basic offensive principles Mm -hmm. stuff like that um so that's kind of like what what the summer program uh entails Uh, they're playing a little bit less open gym now because the the team stuff is quite a bit more intense than just doing individual shooting drills um so you don't necessarily need to run as much open gym uh, right at this point of the uh, the summer program. Um, but, I mean, from from everything we've heard, things things are moving in a pretty good direction. How about Thursday? I, I'm really upset that I'm not allowed to go to – that media is not allowed to practice because Thursday would have been a blast. Mm-hmm. Tobes was there. Mm-hmm. Cash was there. Trey Scott showed up. Like that would have been, that would have been a fun day to just be kicking it around campus and getting to bump into a bunch of, bunch of my guys. Well, and, and Kyle Washington beat DeMar Johnson one-on-one for the first time, according to, to Slim himself. Uh, let me, let me ask you this, Chad, could the break have come at a better time with everything going on with the NIL? Like just with the kids trying to figure out how they're setting their stuff up and, and, you know, just the way yeah, that, that, I mean, that worked I, out. I think we saw with football, like they're not overly worried about it. Like there's some guys that definitely are looking, you know, looking to, to have some fun with it and see what they can, they can do. Um, but the vibe I got from guys like Ritter and Majay and sauce and those guys, and you know, those guys mentality is probably a little different because as long as they take care of business, mm-hmm. they're going to get paid. The, the money going to take care of itself. Like they're, they're looking at seven figures in their bank account a year from now. Right as long as they, you know, handle things the way that they need to handle things. But I think that resonates top to bottom where, you know, there's guys that are interested and there's guys that are exploring their options, but um, the vibe I got more than anything was look, you know, we, yeah, we know it's there. Yeah. We're going to take advantage of it if we can, but at the end of the day, our goals are not small goals, right? Our goals are the very, very big ones. And name, image, and likeness doesn't really have much of a uh, a role in that part of the process. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure you're going to see some guys announce some stuff, you know, in the coming weeks as Ohio was kind of late in the process where they didn't really – I mean, I know it was still being worked on from some people I talked to, like into the afternoon of July 1st as things were already – in place, the guidelines in the state were still being you know, worked on a little bit. So, turned out, yeah, yeah, it, it, the opportunities will be there. Uh, you know, I think you'll see some stuff, but 
I think the, the leadership of this team has a pretty damn good understanding of, look, we, we, we all came back. We all are here for another year for a very different reason than making a couple hundred bucks, making a couple hundred bucks off of Mm -hmm. signing an autograph or, you know, partnering with somebody. So we'll see. You know, you know, I, I know you guys touched on it a little bit on the BCJ pod, but I thought your boy Chad Barcel Riggs or Regs, I don't know how how you pronounce that. I thought he did a good job in his article about it. But Aaron, I I know this has been a topic that interests you a lot, the the name, image, and likeness. Has the first few days kind of been what you expected when you knew Thursday was going to drop? Because it it seemed like it came with a bang, and then things are just kind of, you know, evening out a little bit. Maybe people are just feeling the waters out, but – is this kind of what you were expecting when this whole thing was coming up, coming about? I'll be honest. It feels like no one knows what the hell they're doing. Like, <laughs> especially like Barstool. They're like, we're signing athletes, but we yep. only have like three people in charge of the department and no one knows really what's going to happen next with, with any of this. Right. <laughs> right so, now they're just sending them shirts that has the <laughs> stool logo. Have you seen the shirts, the t-shirts? No. Yeah. It's got the, the stool logo on one breast and, and then it just athlete. says athlete. <laughs> that's it's it high quality right there high Which, quality. That's, but that's 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 barstool like it, it yeah the the old school barstool fans will understand that it's, that's the barstool difference like they uh, just they have no clue what they're doing they're just like ah let's do it screw it but, but they're happens. trying at least yeah. you know i mean they're they're offering support for the athletes so i'll tip my hat to that for sure but at the same time like i want to see some more going on and i think to chad's point you know he already had said like we're going to see some more stuff that probably will come out in the next few weeks and and months of course um one of the things they touched on on the bcj pod is what kind of difference is going to make with the high school athletes and especially the the recruits coming in and some different things with that um Mm -hmm. also how they keep track of this i'm very curious to see the way that this just kind of shapes out for you know uc versus the rest of a, our conference, and B, in comparison to the rest of college, um, especially with how many, you know, again, to Chad's point, you know, the seniors, and, and they're here for a very specific goal. They're not really necessarily trying to dive too deep into the wallets of the people who are trying to pay. So is that going to have an effect? I don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, on the flip side of that coin, if you're getting drafted and making that kind of an effect, what's more important? So it'll be real interesting to see how this evolves with recruiting, especially. Yeah. And, and, and back to the Barstool thing, though, is we see how important social media is in this entire thing. You know, some of the the athletes that Barstool brought on, you know, I, I, I think one volleyball player in particular went from, you know, having 5,000 followers to now has like 47,000 followers. And I, I think that's where places like Barstool and, and other things of that sort could, could really benefit someone is just by, okay, here's a platform to know who I am. And then all of a sudden you get a plethora of followers and you see that's where a lot of these NILs are really going because it, I don't know, I, I, I'm all for it. I'm happy about it, but yeah, I think the high school thing is interesting because don't you have to get clearance through the university or, or, or through your team once you, no, you don't have to get to clearance. The, you just you just have to let them know that it's reported. Happening. Yes, right, right. So there's no uh, clearance involved. The school cannot, right? Like the school can tell you, you know, if you're you're trying to uh, 
sign with an alcohol or a tobacco or, mm-hmm. you know, in states where marijuana is legal, if you're trying to sign with one of those, like it's, it's not allowed. If yeah. you're trying to do some stuff that goes against whatever your state has agreed upon, compliance will let you know that. Like but other than that, huh? like gambling. Yeah. Gambling. You can't, you can't do other than that. They're not, the school's not allowed to do anything. Like the coach is not allowed to facilitate anything. The school has to basically keep complete hands off. Right. Can the kids hire agents? Yes. Um, yes. But it can't be athletic related. It's not a sports agent, but it's right. A branding. It's more, it's more management or, um, like, uh, PR firms, management companies and PR firms. Somebody to make sure that you're paying your taxes. (laughs) part of it yeah (laughs) but but i think that's where the the high school thing becomes interesting because i don't know if you know these high schoolers start to have this or that and then certain colleges are like well we 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 want you to come here but we don't want you to bring blah 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 with you you know circus it does seem like a a very interesting thing but I mean, it's something that's just in the very beginning stages, and I can't wait for NCAA football to come back. That's that's about all I have to say about the video game. NIO. That's the all I want. Game. The video game. I don't. We lost about the rest. I want NCAA yeah. football back. Yes, me too. Yeah, you're right back here. You're you're back. Okay. I I don't care. I don't care about anything. I just want NCAA football back. Same. That's all I want. I I will play until my eyes bleed. <laughs> I, I need now it. You're, now you're gonna have to recruit based on nil opportunities at your school. Just another thing. Just another thing. <laughs> yep. Just another thing. But speak, you're right. Speak. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's of, your nil nil level? Right? It's just. No, I mean, no. I got I got prestige. No. I got whatever. You know. Right. No. And I can bring Best Buy with me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I so. Do you guys have anything else about NIL? Because I want to move on to recruiting before we go into the mailbag real quick. Okay. I, let, let's let's go because the the, the mailbag usually takes way too long. This one's not well. This one's there's not, not terrible. Not not too deep this week, but there are some fun. We'll see. There's some fun questions. Uh, let's start off with you know we're on basketball, so let's just you know finish up basketball and then Aaron will will go heavy into football recruiting. But uh, Chad, it seems like within the past week, some names in the 2022 class have kind of. Uh, pulled out the Cincinnati consideration, you know, Sincere Harris and, and Caravan. I don't know if that's how you say his name and, and Christian Watson, of course, is it kind of this point in the recruitment of the 2022 class where you are really tightening your, your scope or is it kind of, okay, now it's now these players have moved on. So let's bring in some new eyeballs on certain players. It's, well, what? you're just you're seeing the end result of a staff that that's getting a late start in a class because they're they're new to, to Cincinnati, which is what happens the first year of any staff. Right. So you're going to have kids. You're going to have kids that commit. In June, and most of those kids are kids that have had longstanding relationships with multiple different universities. They're looking to make a decision before they get on the road in July. Uh, just to get it over with. Yeah. And that happens every year. So you're going to lose a couple there. And then you're going to have a couple that, you know, you tried to, to, to make a push on that were just already, you know, pretty heavily involved with some schools. 
they maybe connected better with the other schools that jumped in late more than you, you know, it's a, it's a, the problem with recruiting on questions like that is Brent, there's no one right answer. Right. Right. Because every kid is a different situation. So, um, you know, July for me, like what happens in July and then subsequently, what does that lead to in terms of official visits in August and, and early September? Because most kids want to try to get it out of the way, either before their senior year of high school starts or before their senior season of high school basketball starts. Um, but really for high schools, like you start practicing in mid-October, they want to get it done by then. Right. So coming out of July, who did they prioritize? Who do they really feel like they have a very good chance with? Can they get anybody to jump in, you know, remotely early? Mm-hmm. And then what momentum do you build off of that? Like I said, from from the people I've talked to, I think they're only going to take two or three high school kids. Right. So if you're looking at a list of 25 high school kids and they're only going to take two, maybe three, you got to realize that means 22 of them aren't coming here. So right. don't get too caught up in the offers, you know, well, not just the offers, but don't get too caught up in this kid committed top, somewhere top else. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if we, if they don't make a top eight for somebody like don't sweat that too much because we're looking at a list already of, you know, 15, 20 kids. And, and we haven't even gone out for July AAU, you know, there's going to be another big shot burst of kids jumping into this mix. Mm-hmm as we get there. So, I mean, we'll see, but it, it, I, I don't really think too much of the board changing uh, the little bit that it has so far. Yeah. I, I mean, just, just pretty much just make sure you get a Moco Loco before the football games this fall and, and we'll just move on. Loco Moco. Loco Moco. Loco. Not Moco Loco. Loco okay. Moco. I, I loco moco, bro. <laughs> While we're there, tell me about this this meal. <laughs> okay. So it's white rice, All right? A seasoned hamburger patty. I mean, homemade homemade brown gravy, and two over easy eggs, so that when you cut into them, the yolk runs down the side of the hamburger and into the gravy and the rice. Spoon or fork? Fork. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> and this is—is is this like an, a, a traditional Hawaiian dish? Yeah, it's like Hawaiian, like, um, like, like box lunch, kind of. Like you order it like a like a roadside stand, and they give it to you in styrofoam with the rice. Are there other ways that the they top patty. this? No. Well, I mean, that um, it's branched out some as. You know, I time is gone. I didn't know if, on. like, like maybe you serve a grilled pineapple with it, or the way I've always seen it is hamburger patty, brown gravy over easy eggs. Okay, is that what they brought in to the station today? So they brought in a bunch of stuff, but they brought in two containers of those. I took one of them because <laughs> I settled up, and I was, I was that, that's like I was like, can you bring me Locomoco? He's like, yeah, I can bring you Locomoco. So I took one of them. I brought it home and had it for dinner. Well, done. Uh, they brought us a, they brought us a um, pulled pork 
that was done uh, not it, it was done in a similar fashion to how they do the when they they do the pig roast and they bury the pig. Right. You know, what I'm talking about. Yep. It was it was a, I think it was a pork shoulder that was done um, in a s- style that replicated, you know, dig a pit, get charcoal, uh, put a pig down there, cover it in dirt and let it cook for a day. And then you pull it out and you just devour the pig. <laughs> um, Weirdest thing ever. <laughs> so but the, the, the pulled pork was amazing. They brought some fried rice. Uh, that had like chunks of pork, it was like a pork fried rice. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, and then they brought Hawaiian sushi, which instead of raw fish has spam. Oh, I can, I can just hear you getting your weight back <laughs> from right, <laughs> right, from being sick last week. Well, I like I didn't I didn't go because I knew I was eating that loco moco for dinner. But you but you had a sampling of everything, didn't you? I had a little bit of it, like a tiny little bit of the pork, a tiny like the fried rice, um, and then I did try one of the uh, the fried uh, sushi Hawaiian sushi things. Pretty everything good. Sh- chef's kiss. It was, uh, dude. The pork was amazing. Right. Considering like they didn't season, they said they put a, l- a little bit of liquid smoke and they put salt and that was it. And it was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And then the fried rice was really, really good. And then the, the, su- the sushi thing, I'm not a huge sushi fan, but it was, I, I mean, I didn't, it was good. It had a good sauce on top of it. It was pretty for, solid. For those listening that didn't know who you had like, in, in think, the radio show today. We've not actually touched <laughs> on any of that. Where did where did this all come from? So last so last Thursday, uh, I had radio, and I had the Tolentino family in. Uh, they happened to have a son who was seven foot tall and a high school basketball player that recently decommitted from Auburn. Um, Weird. I brought them in because it's strange. It's very much a coincidence. Uh, I brought them in because I, I do think their family story is interesting. Like they packed up from Hawaii and moved to Hamilton. Hamiltucky, commonly referred to. I, for, for those who didn't know, that Hamilton was a place. <laughs> the place you call Hamiltucky is asked, actually Hamilton. I asked them in the radio interview Thursday, like, did you throw a dart at the map of the U.S. and like just <laughs> wherever it landed, like? Loaded up the truck and we moved to Hamilton. <laughs> Hamiltucky, that is. Like, I load up the I truck. Think, you got to get a boat, right? <laughs> it's insane. So I, you know, I was a little fascinated by like the, the story in and of itself. So the the Tolentino family came in. They told me the story of moving from uh, Hawaii to Hamilton and and how much they enjoyed it and that they're setting down roots. And uh, the long-term goal is to start a uh, brick-and-mortar restaurant. But until then... In Hamilton? A, yeah. So until then, they're opening a food truck. Uh, and the food truck is actually... I, I joked. They are they they made the food truck or bought the, the food trailer uh, with seven-foot, six-inch ceilings so that Sage could still work. <laughs> Because they didn't want him to have an excuse like, look, that, that ceiling's six five. I can't work in there. I'm like, I'm like this the whole time. So is that his first like, endorsement? 
right? Probably. The dad was like, no, 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 no. We, we made it seven foot six. So he, he's coming to work. Um, so that the food truck opens July 15th. So you can, you can follow them on Instagram. They, they, this is not an ad. They're not a sponsor, even though they did feed me today. And it was, it was good. It was good. Good. Um, it's the drive in Hawaiian. You can find them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, the food truck opens the 15th and we are trying to get them a spot on the grid for UC football games. Be awesome. Cause their food, like it, today was, today was the test, right? It's one thing to talk about your food. It's another thing to bring me your food and let me try it. And uh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> and maybe he has an offer from Cincinnati and it's all just Sage does. weird. Sage weird how these he, things all, you know, I had him fine. stop in this. I, I tried to, I tried to trick him again. <laughs> It almost worked. I tried. I got him in studio, and I told him the microphone's on. If you want to commit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he did agree. He's going to commit while I'm on radio. And oh, so okay. when he does commit somewhere, he, he's going to commit during my uh, my time on the Mo Egger show. It's not my show. I it's wonder. Show, but wonder where those other schools will be listening from to hear where he's know. committing. I don't know. <laughs> But he's, he's committing on the radio at some point in time when that happens. Um, so at Drive In Hawaiian, you can find them on Instagram. They open up in 10 days. And uh, Loco Moco. Yeah, buddy. Oh, it's so good. Hammer it. Hammer it. Hammer it. Well, speaking of the grid, the football team, hunger, and food, Aaron, we were... I'm going hungry. Right. Aaron, we were kind of told, you know, maybe some dominoes are going to fall in July. Is that still the sentiment when it comes to football recruiting? So from what I'm hearing, there could be a couple things that happen this week. Oh, wow. I'm also hearing there could be something next week. Now, as we all know, some people got a little excited about July 4th, and that didn't happen. But that's how things go with high school kids. Right. Somebody, I know one of the questions in the mailbags is what yes. happened with Pat Body. Uh, he's 18, 17. But like, these things happen in recruiting. Sometimes you expect something to happen. And the next day, it's announced that it's happening uh, in six days. Well, and- like. Let's not forget, Stuff like, happens. teams are always trying to turn people, like, even after they commit, they're, they're still trying to turn you to come to their school if they really love you. So, I mean, it's 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 a game of cat and mouse, really. So, right. we're all doing our best, and we're all putting our best foot forward. That said, there could be something as soon as, oh, I don't know. Um, this week. Soon. Yeah. It could be something as soon as this week. <laughs> so it sounds like dominoes are going to fall. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's open the mail. Look, I mean, look, what I would say is that kids weren't visiting in June to not make decisions. Right. 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 So the kids that visited in June are going to be making visits in July. It's what I said last week. It's what I, I'll say until this, this, this stretch is over. Mm-hmm. UC is not getting shut out. I don't know how many. Right. Hits they're gonna get, Just but watch, watch there's for gonna be cookies. enough of these kids. Yeah, there's gonna be enough of these kids that commit in July that that 
UC is not getting shut out. Won't be an over. Won't be an over. Dominoes will fall. Should be. That's exciting. it. That's all. Aaron, I, here's here's what I think. Here's here's what I think is the 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 best part of. Calm down. I'm not done yet with recruiting. I'm, <laughs> I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Here's what I think is the fascinating part of this this cycle right now. I think UC's in a really good spot with four very talented defensive backs. They already took one. They already took one at the beginning of the month or a couple, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Ken Willis. Ken Willis. JQ Hardaway. Pat Body. Oliver Bridges. Kellen Carroll. All four of those guys could one in the boat. And that's going to make for some very interesting decisions on the seventh floor of the Linder Center. Because that's that's a lot of DBs to take in a class, even though I think, you know, you look at body, you look at bridges, you look at um, Kellen Carroll. You've got guys that all have frames that could play corner or safety. Mm-hmm. Like Hardaway's a corner. I think that's, you know, pretty pretty concrete hard always a corner the other three have some versatility to them is there one that maybe if he gets here and and really starts to fill out you could move him down uh a la you know nate clemens and, and and go from safety into that kind of sniper role um it's gonna be really fascinating over the rest of this month to see what happens if all four one in i know they'll take three would they take four? Maybe. The age, old, the age old question. Those are the dominoes that we are being handled right now. Dominoes will fall. Dominoes and then, will fall. Do, do we want to hit on Luther Richardson at all? I mean, he's a guy that he he performed very well with the Elite 11. Uh, I think top, top five. Got what he wanted out of that experience. Twenty four seven had him the number five guy at the elite eleven. I think but, he won the pro day. If I saw the numbers, he had the best quote unquote like practice pro day of all the guys there. Mm-hmm. But what we know of him is a Cincinnati's the only team that's offered. B, I believe he doesn't want to make a decision until after his senior season. That's their like. It's crazy to me. That's a long time. That's, that's their plan right now, man. And quarterback recruiting, that's that's a dangerous game. Who's gonna be full up at that point? You know, I mean, maybe you end up most at like everybody. A, maybe you end up at a mid-Tennessee state because well, here's what happens. Up. Here's what happens when you send out that message that we're not we're not gonna do anything until after the high school season. People, people have to move everybody on. Everybody moves on. Everyone has to. And this is the, the, the age of the transfer portal as well. We, we saw it obviously way bigger in college basketball, but, I mean, who's to say a, a, a De'Ara King doesn't become available and all of a sudden you're thinking about taking Luther and all of a sudden you're like, no, we're going to take this guy that we are more prone to understand exactly what he's going to bring. So it is a uh, – it It's risky, man. Yeah, it's a roll like, of the dice. I, I don't – he's got – what are assumed to be smart people advising him? His dad was a college athlete. Trent Dilfer is his coach. He fell into a Super Bowl ring, for God's sake. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I, if you're waiting as a quarterback till the end of the high school season, I wish you luck. I really do. I, it's a long it's time. It's so dangerous, and, and that's so long. It's such a is, risk. Is it the most dangerous of games? <laughs> it is maybe the most dangerous of games. In the recruiting world, it actually might be because teams aren't looking – to wait until December or January to figure out their quarterback. Regardless situation. of your arm. Regardless of your arm. Regardless of your talent. There's enough guys out there that they're not looking. You want a guaranteed thing. Out. Yeah, you want a guaranteed thing. You don't want a wait right. and see. You might commit to us in January. Eh. Eh. I don't know. Right. Right. I, I like the kid. He's really good. We both saw him, Aaron. He's got a hell of an arm. Super chill, super nice. But yeah, that's like you said, maybe the most dangerous of games. Yes. You're a running back, you're a wide receiver, you're a defensive end. Everybody's looking corner. Everybody's looking for as many of those as they can get. Right. Generally, everybody's looking for one quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, we're looking for as many defensive backs as we can get. <laughs> all of them. All, we'll take all of them. Are you a defensive back? Come on home. Are you a defensive back rated 86 or higher in the 24-7 composite? If so, you have a home in Cincinnati. Another one. Meet this is, look, Colin Hitchler. Meet them. This is the Sauce Gardner effect. You got a first-team All-American, potential first-round draft pick corner. Mm-hmm. Everybody's head turns, especially a guy whose nickname is Sauce. Like, I was going to say, do you think it makes a difference that he has a oh, nickname yeah. versus my oh, Jay, yeah. who doesn't have a nickname? I mean, the sauce is higher up the, the chart of corners than Maijay is of rush ends right now. Fair enough. We'll see if that changes. Um, but, yeah, especially with kids, sauce. With a name like Maijay, you don't need a nickname, though. We should call him Thriller. I've, I mean, I've been wanting to push that, but we should call him Thriller. I mean, shoot. Well, we're waiting for that appearance in, uh, in New Orleans. I mean, there's a gif out there already. It should be Thriller. I mean, that's a good nickname. I, I take it. I take MJ, it. My J, MJ. MJ the Thriller. Yeah. Like <laughs> Got to be careful with that MJ. Yeah. Yeah, true. Aaron. Somewhat. Is it time for Mailbag? Let's get Mailbag. We're good now. I, I just had some more recruiting stuff. No, I liked to it. Touch on. And I'm sure the listeners would, would they are going to, oh, that's a, that's a big old tasty corn on the cob. During July Fourth weekend, right? That's there. that's a loco moco sized uh, portion of recruiting content there for you guys. Amen. Do we have football ticket sale updates? That's a Dave question. If I remember, I'll ask Dave on Thursday. Well, if you mm-hmm. had to guess, how many home games sell out? And that comes from UCT Bcats twenty one. Miami uh, sells out, right? Yeah. I don't think the <laughs> Murray State. I don't think Murray State sells out. I think it's close, probably 37, 38, but you know, kids are kids are just getting back to school. There's gonna be like some sports and stuff starting up on those Saturdays. I, I would guess just short on that one. Mm-hmm. Um Barry asks, uh are you we're still- not we're not done yet. All right. Got how many sell out? Well, I heard an um, so I didn't know if it was time to move on. I'm pulling up the schedule to, to take a specific look at the home games and when they're uh, when they're played. This is called filler. So yeah, I'm filling. Okay. 
Temple. Temple is going to depend on Notre Dame and Indiana, right? Yeah. They go 2-0 against Notre Dame and Indiana. Friday, 7 p.m., nip at night against Temple will be sold out. Or at least very, very close. And it's UC Family Weekend as well, so. Yeah. UCF, easy sellout. I love how the the theme of that game was just the UCF game. UCF game. (laughs) That's the theme. I said... I said this on Twitter this week. <laughs> this rivalries is building. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're starting to get recruits are chirping at fans. Ethan yep, Green right. is, if he wasn't already my favorite after our hour conversation, <laughs> I mean, he's in everybody's mentions. Like, yo, uh, have you seen this? Screen caps. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> got the receipt. Like, Ethan's got the receipts. He's ready. I, I'm impressed. Um, and then you can't so, go back at a recruit. Like, Right. As a fan, like, right. That's a dangerous game too. That mm-hmm. is that maybe the most dangerous of games. <laughs> Tulsa, November 6th. Homecoming. Homecoming. So yeah, I think that'll sell out. So as we're doing this, there was another question. It's going to uh, be close. Uh, we got one more. Shut up. Shut up. Aaron. This, this coincides where they're asking how many nip at night games. And is this the year we get a college game day? So as you're no. looking at the schedule, I don't think it's the year they get a college game day. Now, especially not here. Like I could, if if you see a Notre Dame or undefeated at Notre Dame, I could see it that week. I, I don't know that I see one here because I don't know that UCF is going to be high profile enough. I just right. want to see Lee Corso put on that UC Bearcat. If, if UCF was later in the year and they were also undefeated, then yes. Then maybe. I mean, if they're, if they're undefeated SMU. the day before my birthday. Ooh that's still enough weeks into the season where that would be a big game. I just don't know that it would get game day. Uh, SMU, they're not coming here for SMU. No, I don't think. Um, I could see nip at night games. Obviously temple is already one. Mm -hmm. I could see UCF and SMU. I mean, Tulsa, it's going to depend on what Tulsa's season looks like. If they're any good, then they'll have that residual from the AAC championship game rematch. Yeah. Like there will be some reasons. I just think know. they're going to make that homecoming so special because of how good of a team and how special of a team this, this year is going to be. So I think yeah, but ESPN doesn't give a shit about that. Right. Right. But ESPN is what determines the, ca- the when game a game day. is played. Right. Let me see. Uh, Two of Oklahoma's first three games are at Oklahoma State at Ohio State. Two of Tulsa's first three games. Right, right. And then they've got – they open AAC with Houston and Memphis at home. They should probably win both of those. Although Houston thinks they're going to be good. We'll see. Dana's still their coach. (laughs) Um, And then at South Florida on home versus Navy – they will be interesting if they play Oklahoma State and or Ohio State close. Mm-hmm. Didn't Dana's own son transfer from his team? Just saying. Shocker. Um, but that last question came to you from LXA Bearcat 2011. I, I think the answer is Temple for sure because it's already scheduled. UCF. UCF. 
Although I could see UCF getting like a three thirty, like mm-hmm. national TV game, right? Maybe Depend, depends on record, of course. Yeah, um, I think SMU will probably be at night. Just a hunch. November twentieth. It's a Saturday. Saturday we, at that point. Are we all traveling as the three of us to New Orleans for that game? For and, Tulane and, and sticking around for the Tom Brady game. I, it depends on. I I might not be able to travel at all. Depending you some, on you got some things going on. Well, just depending on you know if we can if we can make some some content things happen uh, here here around the city. Live pod. Hmm. I'm I'm trying to do live radio. So. We're trying to get better chat internet connection these days. Well, for some reason, today's goofy. I don't know. Whatever. Welcome, I'm trying to do live radio. Welcome to my world. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring some live radio element, some, some BCJ feel Ooh. to uh, pregames and postgames. I don't, post-games. I don't so, radio is ready for me on game day. I didn't say you were invited. That sounds fair. <laughs> Um, All right. So, yeah, we'll see. Next question uh, from Ari, A-R-Y. Um, who do you think will be the starting five on this year's UC basketball team? Thanks. I have no idea. I, I think, think Abdullah I think Abdullah Doe will start. I'm comfortable in that one. Okay. I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable Jeremiah Davenport will start. Um, I the have three or the four? I, I, I don't know. Tough That's call. going to depend on how the team workouts go the rest of this month and when workouts and practice starts in October. We'll see. What are your options at the four? What are your options at the three? That's probably going to depend on, on where you play Jeremiah Davenport. Who shows out? Um, I, if I had to guess right now, I would guess to Julius starts a point guard. Right. Or are they off seeing, guard with Mikey are, at point guard. Right. You're going to see more Mikey minutes though this year, as opposed to, yeah. especially in the first half, than you yeah. did last year. Yeah. Um, and you can you can confidently play David off the ball some now. Right. Um, I, I haven't seen him yet. I'm going to to guess John Newman just because he's a guy that's that's got significant starter experience in the ACC. Right. Uh, so the Julius Newman Davenport. And Ado are four guys. I'm pretty confident. I don't know that I can name a fifth yet. I think it's yeah. I, I'm not ready for who I think will be fifth because is it a is it a four? Is it well, Hensley? Is it uh, Odie? Well, here's right. the starting thing. at the four. Here's a question I would have: Is how often do you see the same starting five depending on matchups? Because I think that they have finally a roster where you can actually play that game. I, I think you're going to probably see those four I mentioned pretty regularly. More often than not, sure. And then the fifth one, you can it can be interesting because, like I said, is it is it a four? Because right. you do have the flexibility of anywhere Where from you put, four four to the two, even. Can I Mike finish eat, a my sentence? Guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> is it a four? Right, like Hensley or Adele or uh, or Odie. And then Davenport moves to the three. Then you'd have DeJulius at the one and uh, Newman Newman 
at the two, you know, and you'd be, that'd be a bigger lineup. Or is Davenport at the four, which means you need another guard slash wing. So is it then Mikey at the one and Julius slides down? Or do you see one of Mason Madsen or AJ McGinnis or Micah? You know, Micah? Do you see one of those guys slide into the, that starting spot at the two? Um, I think that's where it's going to be interesting. The four is what really is kind of the wild card for this team. Small at the four with Davenport, big at the four with Odie or, or Hensley. Um, that determines what I think the rest of the starting five looks like. So, like I said, between the four and the two. Probably, probably what, a, uh, a good problem to have, though, would you say, rather than, oh, gosh, yeah. we don't have starter quality at the other positions. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good and it's, 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 a, it's allowing the coach to do what he wants to do, yep. to play how he wants to play, because you can, can do it a couple of different ways. Which is, you know, the story of Aaron's weekend. Usually, <laughs> you're not wrong. Bearcat Jerry says, uh, "Would like to hear some update on Vic Lockin. What has he shown so far? I've heard he shoots really well. Can he play the four and the five? His future looks to be what? I mean, we've talked about him like three weeks in a row. So yeah. on both I don't this know podcast what else. And the BCJ. Yeah, I don't know what else I have to say about him. He, he's big. He moves pretty well." He can shoot it a little bit. I mean, I've I've seen him miss far more than he's made so far. You mentioned uh, on BCJ that he set out. Um, has he is he back? Do you know uh, that? I don't know. Okay, I think he is, but I, I don't know that for sure. That you're going to see, just all it takes is the guy to sprain his ankle in practice, and it's a minor sprain, and they'll sit you for four or five days just to make sure you don't go do something to make it worse. It's, it's July. the summer. It's, right. Yeah, it's, it's June, it's July. July. Like. I, I, I don't even like mentioning that stuff when it happens because I know people read like way too much into it. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. He was in a boot. He's in a, <laughs> like they were, he's in a boot. The Canadian. Yeah. Well, oh, don't you know? Um, no, that was Minnesota. Sorry. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I, I think he's a guy that's going to give you some size. He, he's got decent athleticism. He moves pretty well. Uh, he's a big dude. Like he's 6'10, 6'11, and probably in that 240 range. He's got good sized shoulders. He's got some good bulk to him. Um, I think he's a guy Rayfeld's going to have a lot of fun with mm-hmm. uh, as he continues to train him. But I mean, overall, that a lot of that's still to be determined. Doing, doing his splits. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, because I remember he's coming off over a year injury. So, right. It's going to take a little time. I don't, right. what, what he looks like now. I can't project to how he's going to look two months from now, much well, less. It, it shouldn't six be the same. Now. Right? right. If it is, we got a major problem. <laughs> so, any word this guy you... looks just like he did one month off of uh, 14 months away. <laughs> um, NKY Colk BK MK, lots of K's. Good Lord. Um, any word if UC will open up fifth third as a pregame spot for football home games this year? Have not heard. That's another one, probably. Um, Dave Thursday, Thursday for Dave. But wasn't wasn't that a Cunningham thing though? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they won't. I just right, haven't heard. Right, I'm just saying so whether or not probably. they will. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're looking at more of a traditional, like you needed it because things were weird. Weird. Yeah. Things aren't you know, and and the the first year they did it, I think, was more of the arena hadn't opened yet. So mm-hmm. this was a chance to get people into the arena and start building 
some buzz around the return of fifth third. Right. Um, so, yeah. I, so I don't know if that's in the plans yet. I don't know how popular it was. Like, I guess that would be the question. Did they make any money off of it in 2019? For $7 um, beers, I'm sure they did. Mm-hmm. Not if there's nobody there. Well, you, it depends on how many people you have working, I suppose. And but no, that have... wasn't a Cunningham thing. This that was a Sosna oh, enterprise. Was it okay? Yeah. Okay. I guess if you have to turn on all the lights, yeah, that can be. You got to turn on the lights. You got to have ushers in there. You got to have staffing. Yeah. I mean, if only if only fifteen people show up, that ain't worth it. How many seven dollar beers are you selling? Oh, yeah. If it's you, probably a good amount. But I show up with my own twelve pack, and I finish a good eight. <laughs> yeah that was right. a sasna thing because that was that was with bones still there so yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a sasna thing right shy bearcat asks uh any rumblings on a potential landing spot for keith williams uh correct me if i'm wrong he could still potentially come back as a because he doesn't count as a scholarship spot correct yeah but i just i think the i don't way feel that, I, i'm not feeling that but well i just think that like if, if this was something that keith had vocalized in april i think there probably definitely could have been a path to that being possible but keith signed with an agent he went to miami to work out he he hasn't been in regular contact with the new staff the new staff actively filled the roster without him in their mind or in their plans right Mm -hmm. so where where's where's keith go where does Keith fit if he comes back? Because if he comes back, yeah, sure. But I'm not. I'm talking about Cincinnati right now. Sure. What, what happens if he comes back? He's expecting to showcase himself for his professional career, right? And he's expecting the ball. And I just don't. I, I think this this roster was built with sharing the ball with 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 you know, having multiple different options. And I don't know that at this point, like, I I don't know that it makes sense for either. Cause I don't think Keith is like, people look at that. I think is one-sided. I don't think the situation as it stands right now is what Keith is looking for. Right. I don't think because I I don't know that that fits like coming back, you're going to want the ball that's not really like how this has been built right now. This has been built on a foundation of a bunch of guys that can help you in different ways. Um, and, and if you're Wes, I think it's, I think it's tough because there, this wasn't communicated. It wasn't like there was an open line of conversation between Keith and the staff happening since April uh, about the p- potential of him returning. So I think it makes things really difficult for both sides. Well, and, and also he can still decide to go professional. It's just absolutely. It's just like the same thing as, as Kofi Coburn at, at Illinois. It's just leaving another option on the table. So it is not the same thing as Kofi well, Coburn no. at Illinois. Right. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm, just wanna, I'm just saying three options. I just want to make there. that clear. Right. It, I know. I'm just you saying three said options it's the same thing as Kofi Coburn. At I Illinois. just meant I wanted to still stay pro. I wanted to make sure my, my name was not attached to that. Okay. That okay. dude's <laughs> going to be a first round pick. No, he's not. That's why he's, he's back in the transfer portal. Maybe. He, he got some bad advice. I'm just, I'm, gonna I'm be just close saying to a first round pick. Hashtag right. wait and see. I mean, he was he, okay. No, we'll, we won't touch on that. I, I just meant he's going to end up at Kentucky. There's an, right. I just meant there's an option to go to another school 
an option to see if it can work out with Cincinnati or an option to continue yeah. to stay pro. There's three options. So, yeah. All yeah. right. So we already. I, had I wasn't saying you're wrong there. I'm just saying your wording. I had to make sure yeah. I distanced myself from. Right. He's he's going to go join Orlando Artigua at Kentucky. We all know. It. We did hit on Treaty 34's question. What happened with Buddy committing and any idea of the Hardaway timeline? So the next one, uh, Bearcat Man asks. This this is a lengthy one. Do you want to save that for the last one? No. Let's get. It's, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of just getting it over with. All right. Um, so he throws out another hypothetical because we liked his last one about the most important inch. Um, given the likely expansion of the playoff, opening the door to us getting there in the future, which of these two scenarios would be more impactful for the future of the, the football program? One, we go 13 and one undefeated in the regular season, AAC champs running away and a spot in the playoffs where we lose by four touchdowns in April. We have one player drafted in the first round and four others drafted overall or two. 12 and 2 with a loss at Indiana, but a win at Notre Dame and one loss on conference. Win the AAC. I don't know what CCG stands for. Conference championship. Conference championship game. Um, I'm just reading really fast and not having time to process. And the Access Bowl. Then come April, we have three players picked in the first round and eight players total drafted. Option one. For sure, option one, but I have a I have a legitimacy problem with with option one right i'm worried less about losing at indiana than i am losing at notre dame well i mean the one of the big things for the season is the number of guys that get drafted because I, I this is the season that cincinnati can kick down that door and say look we we had six seven eight guys drafted um if they go 13 and one they went at south bend they went at bloomington they win the american there's no chance they only have four guys drafted. Right. There's no chance. Like that's, that's my one um, with the hypothetical. That's my one, like Quaff. poke a hole in it because I, I, that's an important part of that first hypothetical. Mm-hmm. There's, I don't see any way you go the second option and get eight guys drafted when compared yeah. to the first option and having only four guys drafted. Like I, that's that just, make sense. I, I don't think that makes sense in the in right. the world of a hypothetical, and I think it's important to keep hypotheticals uh, as realistic as possible. For the sake of his hypothetical, as it's stated, I would one thousand percent go number one. Right. I, Do you know the hype this team is going to get right. if they if go they to Indiana and to Notre Dame and win and appear and in the to, national and appear in the playoffs? Right. There's only four. That's, there's never been a G5 school in the in the playoffs. Right. Well, well, then think about it. Then all of a sudden you go into a recruits room and you say, listen, we just made it. You, did you when there were that? only four teams. What do you think happens compared when Compared to 12. 12. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Bitches, let's go. Did you let's just see that? Go. We just made it. We need you to take us over the hump. All, all right. right. Five, five stars commit right away. All right. Smith 2A6. Excellent name, by the way. Uh, now that camp is less than a month away, what do you think? Points of emphasis will be offensively and defensively. I've watched several 2020 games over the last week, and I think the red zone efficiency could improve. Also, consistency on running plays on first down. I noticed we had a lot of second and eight plus, so staying ahead of the chains. Defensively, not a lot to improve on, but at times while we get pressure to the QB, they were able to escape, so getting home with TFLs, tackles for losses. Hire him, Chad. Hire him, because he he did cover the points probably. <laughs> No, I, I mean, yeah, I think those are the uh, 
the there's not enough emphasis. there's not enough room for no another doubt. smith <laughs> right no i do think those are the points of emphasis um i think the main thing that that desmond ritter is so good at is hiding the the lack of of uh you know success that they really had on first downs where where it's third and eight or third and you know six and he does scramble and and pick up that first down i feel like that's one of the i think that's i think that's going to be better right with year two of renfro at center yeah and then Vinny right next to him because it did get better yeah it got better as last season went along so i mean i think that obviously would be think red zone efficiency yeah i mean especially inside of the 10 and the five yard line um you really saw that kind of the AC championship game a couple of other times. It was uh couldn't really just, you know, get into the end zone. Cause that's obviously something as well. Um, defense, I'd say uh, probably just, just over the top coverage with the safeties. I think that was something I, I always think back to the Houston game a couple of years ago where they were able to hit a couple of home runs over the top with, with, with safety coverage. So I'd say that would be, a big thing. And then of course you yeah, had tackles for last year. You want to bring them down the backfield. So um, yeah. And, and especially cause you've got the two safeties back there that are, you know, even though they played a good amount last year and, and Hicks the year before it's, it's still just two new safeties into the mix. So um, and Hicks played every snap. Exactly. No, I, no, I know, but, but I'm saying the two of them together. Yeah. So I think Brian cook still, I'm not yeah. saying anything bad about Brian cook. Oh no, he's a predator. Because I I have to be around, yeah, right. And he, you know, you you get you're in Indianapolis most of the time. <laughs> Brian Cook can't just tackle you if he feels right. like the right. desire to do so. And I'm doing everything I can to avoid that possibility. So exactly. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about safeties at all. I think they're gonna be great. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I agree. But I just think that that's obviously the only thing is the continuity between the two of them over the top. So no, I'm just saying I'm not. Listen to me close. I'm not saying anything bad about Brian Cook at all. Oh, I love him. I think he's a great person. It might not work out. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just not saying anything bad. If he doesn't play well, and you're looking to come to this podcast to hear me say something bad about Brian Cook, go to a different go to a different podcast. All right, Skins99 asks, how did Chad and oh, Dave first meet, then develop into a super team? Last of all, which one is Riggs and which one is Murtaugh? Follow-up is Aaron, Leo, and Brent is Butters from Lethal Weapon 4. I, I don't – I like, Dave has been a member forever. So I, that we just met through that at some point in time. And then or we had him start – yeah, we just had him start doing, you know, eventually some work for us. Um, so, I mean, it was it was pretty pretty natural. I don't even remember what specifically uh, the, the first time that we like we hung out. I couldn't tell you, uh, but it's it's been a long time. So, um, I, I mean, so are Riggs. you Riggs or are you Murtaugh? Who do you think I am? I'll let you two answer. I'm out of it because I uh, very uh, whoever on the board can hate me for this. I have not seen any of the Lethal Weapon movies. I feel like you're getting too old for this shit. <laughs> to go. <laughs> so you answer. I don't know. I, 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 th- I think you'd be more Murtaugh. I think you're the okay. old grizzled vet, and he's that's the, fair. The young gun. He's not that. He's like three years younger than me. 
Well, Dave's been around for a while. Like Dave's no spring chicken. He giggles a lot. <laughs> he doesn't giggle a lot. <laughs> and as and for then, as for for Leo and and Butters, I'm I'm saying I'm Team Butters. I'm I'm the Chris Rock to to Brent Young's Joe Pesci. I went back and actually looked at some of the highlight videos from Lethal Weapon Four to be able to answer that question. And I'm saying that if, I, I mean if. If it's Chris Rock and Joe Pesci, there's no question Aaron's Chris Rock, Brent's Joe Pesci. Oh, what? Nailed it. Okay, whatever. Fair well, enough. Well, what are, what are your similarities to Chris Rock? Uh, I'm funny. Uh, yeah, but you're not Chris Rock. You're Joe Pesci funny. Joe okay. Pesci's funny. Fair enough. Yes, fair enough. Okay. I'll- you're, you're, you're funny is more Joe Pesci. Aaron Smith's funny is more Chris Rock. I oh. could see Aaron saying, before I had kids, I used to think shaking kids was the worst thing ever. And then I had kids. And now it doesn't seem like such a bad idea. I'm okay. not saying I do it, but I say I understand. Yeah, Kevin I can Johnson, see Aaron on 100%. that. I would, I would never say that. I would never say that. No, right. So, so that right. Aaron is more Chris Rock. You're right. You're right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I watched the I'll scene take Joe where Pesci. Fair I watched, enough. I watched the scene where he pulled out his badge, pulled out a gun, aimed it at Joe Pesci in the back seat of Riggs and Murtaugh's car. Right. He, He's literally pointing at him, just like, ah, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it just, it felt more. That's Aaron. You wouldn't do that, Brent. Aaron no. absolutely would. All right. Okay. I'll take it. And, and I, I was in uh, Goodfellas, one of the greatest movies ever. So yeah, I'll take right. Joe Pesci. There's nothing like I, being Joe Pesci is not an insult. Joe Pesci's a funny dude. But, also, but, but, but for the record, I am. And he made a lot of money. For the record, I am a lot taller than Joe Pesci. So that's what it came down to. You wanted to be the tall guy, not the short guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't care no. about the personality of the characters. You just wanted to be the tall guy, not the short guy. No, I, I am Joe Pesci. There right. we go. All right. There we go. All right. UC Fan 3 asks, is there any plans for UC to spotlight Ritter? Uh, like Heisman's, likes Heisman push, UC some schools do. I'm sure at some point there is. Chad, I think you just got to take a look at the video that they made when he announced when he returned. Right. I mean, are they going to buy billboards in Times Square? Like if they get through the UCF game undefeated, never lost. And and you got a shot. They do love billboards at that point. They do love billboards. Then I could see like an all out like Des Ritter campaign. What you don't want to do in a situation like this is, is shoot your shot too early. Right. You know, like Jaron Cumberland against Colgate. Ooh, the Cumber Blunder. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was wrong. I'm sorry. You don't want to shoot your shot too early. You want to take it. You want to take your shot at the appropriate time, and the appropriate time is if Des elevates himself to the status of where people are talking about him as a legitimate, like, number one player in the in the country this year. And you get through UCF undefeated, boy. You, you better start selling hard. Can't wait to see that guy with proper representation. Who is more vital to the team's success, Brady Collins or Mike Reffel? Rayfeld. And Reffel. I, I guess the answer is Brady because he's got 105 guys instead of 13. Yeah. I, but I, I don't think either of them attain the level of success they want to without Brady or Mike. Yeah, and you use strength and conditioning, I'd, I'd say probably more top to bottom in football, where in basketball, if you are really good at – if your offensive game is fantastic, 
and you can sit down and guard someone, then you're going to be a good basketball player. And all the rest is just a supplement to your game. That came from UC Merck, um, 17. Uh, I feel like it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison because mm-hmm. you're, com- you're working with 12 guys compared to a hundred guys, right? <laughs> like it's the staff that you put around you at the end of the day. It's not just, you know, one-on-one with the, the coach and, and the players as maybe, you know, the Mike has the opportunity to do compared to Brady. I agree. Agree. Is that it? Is the BBP mailbag completely closed? That's the whole mailbag in its entirety. You never refresh. How do you mean? There's one at the end. Well, Uh, I refreshed before I started reading them. Well, I mean, that's not soon enough. Need to refresh at the end to make sure that nothing's been added. These kids. Blazing Bearcat. Uh, there's one there. And then Thomas Mack, if we don't get to Leo Livingston, if we don't get to Leo Livingston, where do we turn next to in O-line recruiting? That's a fantastic question. That it's a good question. I think I, that one's to be determined. I, I know they like that nickname, by the way, Leo Livingston. I know they're, they're, they're obviously high on Landon. Um, but the, the problem there is the fact that he's high on every school that's recruiting him. <laughs> Right. And I don't know that they necessarily have a, a great feel one way or the other. I, I don't either. Um, I, I think that'll be uh, an evolution that, that we'll probably see play out through the first three or four weeks of the high school season. I'm sure they got some, some guys in mind uh, that, that they'd like to see tape on, you know, and get some tape of, of what they look like at the start of their senior season and with, You'd expect high school seasons going back to normal. They've got a little bit of time where they can they can get some film on tape, and uh, I mean they're looking for a tackle, so you try to find a guy like a late bloomer, which happens on the offensive line a lot. Um, you know, the, their big thing is they don't want to. They're they're for the most part like getting to the point that they're like the tight end room now. Um, like the defensive back, both safety and corner, like those rooms where their eye is not really keen to those like 245 pound guys that you got to add 50 pounds to, right? That like they're looking for guys that that are already physically pretty close to where they want them to be. So um, I, I think you could see them if if they don't get Livingston. I don't think that they're gonna like panic. I think you'll see them kind of reevaluate, reassess their board uh, and be very calculated in finding probably that one, that one outside guy. Um, and Livingston kind of projects to guard, uh, you know, some a little bit as well. Uh, he doesn't project to, I, I do think they're looking for somebody that can play center. I don't think Landon Livingston fits that role. Well, and so, I know they, they brought in the one kid for camp um, from Northwest. Can, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I understand. I, just, I think he had a Marshall offer when he got here. Like that, that'll be a name that they'll definitely like monitor. They're they're take. obviously working their way down the board at this point, as a lot of kids yeah. that they've had their eyes on have committed. So we'll see where it goes. And we've seen that seems to be a position that they do check out the portal for as well. So yeah, so you don't have in the to back of your mind. Yeah. Um, Thomas Mack. Go ahead. Moving on. Oh. Yep, that last one. Let's do it. What are some of the NIL insights you're hearing? Are you hearing of any specific players with 
any certain sponsorships? How will the large Cincinnati market help a university like Cincinnati? I don't know that people are going to like my answer to that last one. Yeah, I don't think it's a large market. Well, I, I don't think it helps. I think it's a saturated market, which I think is a problem. How many, like I asked this on radio, I've asked this a couple other times. How many real sponsorship deals do you see in this city for the Reds and the Bengals? Not many. Cadillacs. Who hawks Cadillacs? Um, Moose. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? That's all I got. Have you seen Burrow really doing anything yet? Like any Bengals really doing any like legit, which is wild because he's the hottest name here, right? Now, maybe he's being selective about it and it, you know, is doing things a different way, but ultimately, like, that's my fear in this market. The market's already so saturated Bengals, Reds, FC Cincinnati, UC football, UC basketball, Xavier basketball. Like, there's, there's a lot of hands to feed, a lot of mouths to feed. You don't feed hands, a lot of mouths to feed. Do you think any of it has to do with the fact that UC is very selective on their branding with companies? No, not necessarily because this doesn't involve UC. Like in name, image, and likeness, they can't use the UC logo in selling their name, image, and likeness. That's not okay. theirs. Well, I so I, I only ask that just seeing like even Cincy shirts trying or homage trying to get like their hands on something. To do they can, with... But they, they can get their hands on a player. Sure. Completely separate from UC. Now, what they can't do, though, is they can't use UC merchandise. They can't use, use UC branding. So, so maybe we'll see some some red and black in, you know, a Cincy shirts or 513 shirts or, think or, or some of that. But I think you'll see 513 shirts enter the uh, NIL market sooner than later. I think that's a strong move for any of those, the, especially like we've seen the Cassiano shirts take off this right. season. So, you know, the problem with that is the Cassiano shirts are in, you have the Reds branding on it, which you're not going to be able to do with UC. So you're going to have to get creative. Um, I, I wonder like, you know, Des, Des is hiring a, a marketing firm. Des is, is going into this with representation because he doesn't want it to distract from the goal at hand like he doesn't want to be handling everybody in town is reaching out to des and being like hey des we want you to to come sponsor us des is being smart about it i think my jay and, and sauce are kind of in that same boat like they understand the end of the rainbow the the pot of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is very large for those three gentlemen do they, how much do they really need to focus their time on going and signing autographs or, you know, really working through like a merchandise deal or shooting commercials or things like that? Um, we'll see how that resonates through the rest of the team. I, I think like for me, like I think if you like if you're a, a hometown kid and you can can get like a Cincy shirts or a 513 shirts to like you know, we, we talk about those places because they are, you know, the way the merch business has changed is it used to be like, if you wanted merch, you had to buy boxes of t-shirts. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying if you wanted to create your own merch, if you wanted to do the merch game, you had to buy boxes at a time, like buy in bulk 
and sell them and hope that they sold because if not, you were just out the money you spent on the t-shirts. Sure. Now that stuff's like made to order. Right. So, you know, if, if hypothetically Josh Wiley came out with shirts, he's not on the hook for selling those shirts. He's just like able to make some social media posts here and there, the shirts sell and he gets a cut. Well, it's, it's more expensive to do made to order as opposed to bulk, which I mean, I, I work, I, I sold shirts at Cintas doing exactly that. Like, I mean, I know what it's all about trying to, but the companies that you're working with Cincinnati shirts, five, one, three shirts, they don't make in bulk. Right. But it's I mean, it's like 19 threads, those, those throwback shorts. Yeah. Right. It'll be more of a specified and all, all of a sudden what you sell 10, Josh Wiley hometown hero shirts and he gets 10% of that and you're selling them at you know 45 to 50 dollars a pop which people will buy I mean that's, no, they that's yes they will 20 if you're selling t-shirts they're gonna buy them at 20 25 dollars okay right Aaron like that's those, the price. those shorts sell out immediately I I think that hats hats shirts shorts like whatever create your logo create your brand right go sell it you don't have to, there's not a lot of maintenance to doing stuff like that anymore. Like I, I know the other side of it, Aaron, but that's not how these businesses are operating anymore. Yeah. A Josh Wiley isn't going to be on the hook if he wants to have merch for buying 250 shirts and then having to recoup the cost right. before well, he I makes mean, any money. Somebody else is handling that. Whoever he signs with is going to yeah. handle that. Yeah. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Um, autograph signings. I'm curious, like, if it's not Dez or Sauce or MyJ or, you know, maybe one of the home, like, how many people are coming out for autograph signings? I think you'd have to do a group of guys. I think you'd have to get together with your friends and be like, let's do, you know, seven guys from the offense. And you do seven guys from the offense. You know how much money you guys are each making like $30. I'm saying, I mean, you charge them five bucks an autograph or whatever. I'm, but like, how many people are coming out for that? Is who my question. Want, who wants all seven guys? I mean, my point is, you. I mean, even even if you had like, you know, select guys from the offense, select guys from the defense, whatever. I think they're going to collaborate with each other to try and put some things together. Is my point. I don't. I think that it'd be hard for a guy like. Even even Maje, I think it'd be a little difficult to be like, I'm having an autograph signing and not have anybody else there it's just a matter of how like how many people are you going to get to come out for that autograph signing it sounds great in theory but actually getting boots on the ground where people are coming out that's true to pay for those autographs if it's not the the a-list guys it's difficult i don't know that this program is there at that point yet look if Alabama sends seven guys on their third team out to sign autographs, there's going to be minimum a couple hundred people that show up to get them. Yeah. Is UC ready to send a couple hundred people at 10 bucks pop? Not from five bucks pop. Right. So that's where it gets interesting. I, I don't know that the market is a benefit because it's a, like, if you look, it's tough. I, I mentioned this, you know, just being from Marshall, that whole town is, is Marshall. Huntington, West Virginia is Marshall. So I think you're going to have more small business opportunities there because they are fully of the belief 
Let's go. That's a, that's a deep drive to left field by Nick Castellanos. <laughs> that is. Um, those small businesses are going to have more confidence in the return on their investment than what you see here at Cincinnati. I was shocked. I did a poll last week that said if a company sponsors a UC or like a, an athlete from your favorite school, and we know my Twitter feed is in large part UC fans, are you going to support that company because they're supporting an athlete from UC? Only 40% said yes. 60% said no. That concerns me a little bit. It should. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to find a niche to make a, a name, image, and likeness like like space in this town. And I'm interested. I think they can do it. I just think it's 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 an interesting path to get there. How we're do we push, do two hours again? I was gonna say we we're doing? pushing two hours. We're pushing two hours. What are we doing? Stop talking. This is my fault. I extended every segment by like. 15 minutes you said it not me <laughs> well was that it i'm Nobody done closed close those close this out well well hopefully you guys now don't leave the the pod and go eat 76 hot dogs like mr joey chestnut but no, go to galactic do. fried chicken yeah oh boy that was good that was good go watch brendel's bites on youtube galactic fried chicken and that's a bearcat that owns that he's been in Great. your mentions for Months. <laughs> yeah, he, he graduated from UC. He's a huge UC fan. Here we go. So Shut go up. to Galactic Fried Chicken in Dayton, Kentucky and get some fried chicken because it is, sorry, Dan, fucking awesome. Really good. Really good. There you go. Eat eat 76 chicken fingers from uh, Galactic Fried Chicken. There you go. could not. Joey Chestnut couldn't do that. Their <laughs> chicken fingers are like. Good. Giant. Well, well without further ado, yet again. A phenomenal BBP here on BearcatJournal.com. Thank you very much for listening and have a great, great week. See you. See ya.